Now, I have a feeling that a lot of us have heard the names John and Charles Wesley before. Uh, These two brothers became world-shaking preachers in the 18th century. Uh, It was their ministry and organized practice of faith from which the Methodist Church was born. Their ministry still felt centuries later, even by many of us in this room. Each year we sing songs written by Charles Wesley, like Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Their ministry had a big impact. So a lot of us have heard of these two brothers. However, I have a feeling that fewer of us have heard of their mother, Susanna Wesley. Yet, if it wasn't for Susanna, John and Charles Wesley may have lived very different lives. Susanna Wesley gave birth to 19 children in her life. Although, sadly, only 10 of those children lived past infancy. For those children, Susanna made education a priority in their lives. She wanted each of them to be able to effectively read, write, and reason. But more than that, she made it a priority to teach them the truths about God. So she taught her children the Bible. She taught them how to reason in their faith. And she demonstrated to them what faith in Jesus Christ looks like. Susanna had a fixed time every day that she would spend with the Lord. And her children took notice of that. And there were many times when Susanna, in order to escape the ten-child chaos of her household would pull her apron up over her head so that she could pray in peace. And her kids quickly learned not to interrupt when they saw her doing that. But this sweet family, they faced many trials over the years together. Things like their home burning down to the ground. They were often living in substantial financial debt, thanks to Susanna's husband Samuel, who also abandoned the family for a period of time as well. But despite everything that they went through, one biographer wrote that largely as a result of Susanna's influence, he said that each of her children passionately embraced faith in God and lived out that faith to the end of their days. Again, many of us know that that was true for John and Charles Wesley. We've we've heard of them. But if it wasn't for their mother, the world may never have known their names or been impacted by their faith. You know, there's another man of God that we read about in in the Bible who we're familiar with, and his name was Timothy. Uh, Timothy is someone a lot of us have heard of. He he was a part of the Apostle Paul's missionary team. He was sent by Paul to a number of churches, and eventually Paul commissioned him to lead the church in Ephesus. In fact, the Apostle Paul was a spiritual father figure to Timothy. He referred to Timothy as his true son in the faith, as his son whom he loved. I have a feeling that many of us have heard of Timothy before, but I also have a feeling that fewer of us have heard of his grandmother Lois or his mother Eunice. Yet, without them, the world may never have known Timothy's name or been impacted by his faith. So today, on this Mother's Day, we're going to look at the few details that we have in the Bible about Lois and Eunice. And we're going to see what makes a great mother. What makes a great mother? One who leaves a great legacy. We're going to begin together in Acts chapter 16. If you have a Bible, I'd encourage you to turn there. If you don't have a Bible, 
You can follow along on the screens at the front. You can use one of the Bibles under the chairs in front of you. If you'd like to use one of those Bibles under the chairs, you can turn to page 898. Page 898. Acts chapter 16. In this chapter, Paul and his team are on their second missionary journey. Paul's going to come across a very special young man. Let's pick up there together. Chapter 16, beginning in verse 1. It says this, it says, Paul came to Derby and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was Jewish and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. The believers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. Paul wanted to take him along on the journey, so he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in that area, they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they traveled from town to town, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in numbers. So again, this was, this was Paul's second missionary journey to this area. Now, the first time that he came preaching the gospel, Acts chapter 14 tells us that many people came to salvation there. We don't have all the details about when Timothy became a Christian, but since he is described as a believer when Paul arrived the second time, it's generally assumed that Timothy and his mother and his grandmother, they came to faith in Jesus during Paul's first trip to their area. And when Paul comes back, people keep talking to him about this Timothy guy. It says they spoke well of him. I like one translation puts it this way. It says they spoke highly of him. You see, I don't think the people were just saying, oh yeah, Timmy, he's a good kid. No, I think what they were telling Paul is, Paul, you've got to check this young guy out. Because Paul, he reminds me of you. He is on fire for God. Clearly, Paul saw something special in this young man because Paul had just had issues with another young guy on his missionary team named John Mark. See, John Mark had abandoned the team. Paul needed dedicated people with him, and he sees something special in Timothy and brings him along for this work. But you know, of all the things going on in the passage, what's most interesting to me as we look at it is the fact that we're given any information uh, about Timothy's parents. Well, that's interesting to me because we don't find that very often about any of Paul's other traveling companions, and he had a lot of them. So I think it's worth asking, why why include this about Timothy? And certainly part of it is to give an explanation of his physical heritage so that we can understand the reason for Paul's circumcising of him. But we're also given a glimpse of the spiritual heritage of Timothy. It says that his mother, who's Jewish, was also a believer in Jesus Christ. I want us to remember that because we have this tendency when we read Scripture to just read past verses pretty quickly. We don't think about the purpose you see, this was more than just a passing fact that his mother was a believer. We're going to find that this was critical in Timothy's life. I want us to see that together in the book of 2 Timothy. So if you're following along in Scripture, go ahead and turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1. If you're following along in one of those Bibles from the seats in front of you, you can turn to page 963. Page 963. 2 Timothy chapter 1. This is one of the letters that Paul wrote to his young protege, Timothy. And we learn a lot of important things 
chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. He wrote, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, in keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve, as my ancestors did, with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and, I'm persuaded, now lives in you also. Paul commends Timothy's sincere faith. It is sincere faith. It was, it was, uh, it was genuine. It wasn't hypocritical. It, it wasn't lip service, this faith that Timothy had. You see, Timothy, Timothy wasn't the type of professing Christian who uh, he went to church every once in a while, maybe once a month. That's a regular attender nowadays. Now, he didn't read his Bible when he could find it, wherever it was he laid it in his house. He wasn't someone who was indistinguishable from the world around him. No, no, no. These things describe a lot of professing Christians today. Timothy had genuine faith in Jesus Christ to the point that that was evident to Paul and how Timothy lived. But what we find is that that type of faith had been evident to Timothy and how his grandmother and his mother lived. Timothy knew what genuine faith in God looked like because he had seen it when he was growing up. One of the things that made Lois a wonderful mother and grandmother, one of the things that made Eunice a great mother is that they passed their faith on by example. They passed their faith on by example. Timothy had sincere faith, and it was modeled after the sincere faith that his mother and grandmother had that he had seen. As far back as I can remember in my life, my mom has, has modeled genuine faith in Jesus Christ to her kids. She truly loves and wants to live for Jesus Christ. Now, I was given a reminder of this recently, actually. Uh, just a couple weeks ago, Casey and I took the boys to the beach, and when the, the day was wrapping up, which is pretty early for us, we have two little kids, so the day was wrapping up, and I was packing all of our stuff up, and as I did that, I hear behind me, this lady starts talking to Casey. She says, oh, how cute. How old are your kids? I have a grandson that's just his age. I thought to myself, this lady's really friendly, but it's hot outside. I put the umbrella away. It was time for us to get going. So I turn around, and as soon as I do, the lady looks at me, and she says, are you a crop? For those of you who don't know, that is indeed my last name. Now, this lady, though, was not just a good guesser of names. You see, this lady and her husband, their kids, met my family. My siblings and I were much younger because we all happened to vacation in the summer down at St. Pete around the same time. So we saw each other throughout the years. Our parents all kept in touch. But there's a reason I bring this up. You see, I don't remember a lot about this family from when I was little. But what I do remember, every time I see this family, every time I see this sweet lady, I remember that when we first met them, they didn't know Jesus as their Savior. 
And my mom shared the gospel with this lady and led her to Jesus Christ. I remember how for years after that, our family prayed for this sweet woman's husband to come to faith in Jesus Christ. I remember how years later, our family rejoiced when that day finally came. And my point in bringing all this up is that I was blessed as a kid to know what love for Jesus looks like because I saw it in my mom, who loves Jesus too much to keep the gospel to herself. My mom is a great mom, and that was a big blessing for me. But she's not a great mom because, because she taught me how to tie my shoes and not to roll my eyes at people and because she poured into my education and my athletic pursuits, even though she did all these things. She's a great mom because she showed her kids what it looks like to love Jesus and because she wanted all of her kids to know Jesus. And that's why even though my mom has impacted my life in many ways, the greatest impact she ever made on me was 24 years ago when she led me in prayer so that I could give my life to Jesus Christ. I was blessed to know what genuine faith looks like so that I could say, you know what, I, I want a faith that looks like that. Great mothers are examples of sincere faith in Jesus. And they pass that faith on by their example. But they also pass it on by teaching God's word. If you're in 2 Timothy, go ahead and turn on over to chapter 3. I want us to begin in verse 10. Paul says this to Timothy. He says, you, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings. What kinds of things happened to me at Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. While evildoers and imposters go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you've learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Timothy was mentored by the Apostle Paul. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine being mentored by the Apostle Paul? In fact, we're reminded about that in verse 10 that Timothy was blessed to benefit from the teaching and example that he received from Paul. But the foundation of Timothy's faith began long before he met that famous apostle. It began in infancy. He began learning the truths of God from a young age. Well, from who? From his mother and grandmother. From the youngest of ages, Timothy was being taught the scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. You see, the Old Testament scriptures, they were always pointing people to the coming Messiah. And as Timothy learned those truths from his godly mother and grandmother, their hearts were being prepared 
For when that day came that they heard the gospel message, when they heard how Jesus had come in the fulfillment of Scripture and died on the cross for our sins, he was the ultimate sacrifice for us. How Jesus was buried but didn't stay in the grave, but rose from the dead three days later and had brought about this forgiveness, this salvation, this eternal life we all desperately need. And when that message came, it found ready and willing hearts with Lois and Eunice and then with Timothy. And it all started for Timothy from his infancy. How blessed he was to have a grandmother and a mother who were diligent and faithful to teach him the truth. Ladies, teach your children and grandchildren the truth about God. Because you know that this world and the devil want to grab a hold of their young hearts. So point them to Jesus every opportunity that you have. A few weeks ago, in our Wednesday night prayer meeting, I was handing out some passages of Scripture we were going to read, and then we were going to pray together. And I mentioned a passage of Scripture, and suddenly my wife says, Judah knows that verse. I said, he does? Which is probably not a great dad moment, but I didn't know that. She said, sure, we've been working on it together. So I said, okay. And Together, Casey and our oldest son, Judah, they recited Colossians 4 to complete with hand motions for us. They recited, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. I don't know what else happened in that prayer meeting. I don't even remember. I just remember being so filled with joy at that reminder of the fact that my sons are being taught the Bible from their infancy at home. Because I know that these things are able to make them wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. And I'm so thankful that they have a mother who's teaching them these things. Now, of course, moms, that doesn't mean that teaching ends at salvation. Paul reminded Timothy that God's word is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness so that you can be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So moms, whether your children are believers in Jesus Christ or not, don't stop bringing them up in the truth of Scripture. And even if your children have grown and gone, thanks to technology, it's an easy time sending Scripture to them, which many of you do that. Continue, continue to pass on your faith by teaching them the Word of God. This is the mark of a great mother. There's a lot that we don't know about Lois and Eunice. Their other accomplishments, their work, any of the words that they spoke, none of these things are given to us. But we are told about one of the greatest things they ever did, which was to pass on their faith to Timothy. This is what made them great examples. This is what made Eunice such a great mother. She was faithful to teach and demonstrate her faith. And because of their faithfulness, Timothy went on to be a strong believer who impacted the world for the gospel. And moms, this is one of the greatest works that you are uniquely called and positioned to do, and that is to pass on your faith to your children. So today, I want to thank all you great and godly mothers for everything that you have done and are doing to pass on your faith. I want to challenge and encourage every mother to pursue a truly great legacy by passing on your faith to your children by example and by teaching the Word of God to them. But maybe you're here and you're having a hard time as a mother because maybe you're the only strong believer in your household. 
Maybe you feel quite alone in your faith. That's true for you. Keep this in mind. We're told very little about Timothy's father. Part of it is probably because his father passed away before Timothy really engaged in ministry with Paul. But certainly part of it is the fact that it seems that his father played no role in the spiritual life of his son. But the parent who did, Eunice, she impacted him forever. Moms, don't underestimate the impact that your faith will have on your children. At the same time, don't underestimate the impact that a lack of faith will have on your children. Your children are watching you. They will be impacted by you. The question is, will they be impacted to live a life for Jesus Christ? Maybe you're here and you're discouraged as a mother because you've done your best to pass on your faith by example, by teaching your kids, and now they've grown up and they have walked away from the Lord. And if that's true for you, please don't be weary or discouraged. Please continue to pray for them and encourage them. Look for those opportunities to lovingly lead them back. Timothy, who had so many great examples of faith in his life, even Timothy was encouraged by Paul to continue, to continue in what he had learned, to press on, to run the race, stay the course. Timothy had great examples of that, but he still needed to be reminded of it. So moms, even if your kids are grown and gone, keep reminding of them to stay the course, to pursue the Lord. And church, this is where we come into play as the family of God. Remember that we have been called as Christians, as the body of Christ, to encourage one another. So church, encourage mothers and grandmothers in our midst. Encourage young believers to stay the course, run the race, press on in their faith. We are all members of one body, and we should desire to see one another walking in a way that pleases the Lord. That begins in the home, and that teaching and encouragement should continue in the church. Motherhood is viewed in very low esteem by our society today. A lot of people see it as a burden or as a difficulty, an unnecessary thing. And I'm quite heartbroken by that. Because motherhood is one of the highest and most noble callings. And Christian mothers can accomplish much for God's kingdom by training their children up in righteousness and passing their faith on to them. A biographer of Susanna Wesley's life wrote this, Anyone believing that the life of a woman dedicated to her family is less than optimal cannot know the story of Susanna Wesley. And I would add that anyone who believes that the life of a woman dedicated to her family is less than desirable does not know the story of Eunice and Lois. Moms, whatever your career might be, whatever your hobbies are, your accomplishments, whatever accolades you might have or you might achieve in life, I hope the chief among them is that you pass sincere faith in Jesus Christ on to your children. And remember this truth this morning. One of the greatest influences a child can have comes from a godly mother. One of the greatest influences a child can have comes from a godly mother. So thank you to all you godly mothers. Some people may not have been blessed to have 
godly mothers. Some people here, perhaps your mother is no longer around. Maybe she's gone home to be with the Lord. Church, remember that as family together, we should support and encourage one another. So I would challenge each and every one of you today, before you leave, thank, encourage, pray for one of these mothers and grandmothers here. Pray for them before you leave. Pray with them before you leave. Encourage them. Church, encourage young believers to stay the course. Press on in their faith. We need to encourage one another to do that, no matter what age we are, no matter how long along we are in our faith. Let's live as family in Christ. And if you're here and you are not a part of the family of Christ, Jesus isn't your Savior. If that's true for you, before I close, I just want to share with you the greatest thing that my mom ever shared with me. My mom shared with me when I was very little the fact that I had sinned against God. I would broken God's command. And that that was a problem because my sin was separating me from God. And that if, if that sin wasn't taken care of, I was going to be separated forever from God after this life in a place called hell. You see, it was a blessing that my mom was willing to be very real and honest with me. I'm also very grateful that she quickly told me the good news, which is that Jesus Christ came and died on the cross to pay the penalty for my sin, to take the punishment that I deserve for sin, that Jesus didn't stay in the grave but powerfully rose from the dead three days later, and if I would give my life to him and go to him in faith, he would forgive me of all my sin, give me the salvation from that penalty of hell, and he would give me eternal life. And friend, I want you to understand that those promises hold true for you. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I'm so grateful that my eternity changed that day when I talked and prayed with my mom. And friend, I want you to understand that if Jesus is not your Savior, your eternity can change today if you will give your life to him. Would you pray with me? Friend, if that's true for you, you know that you're not a part of the family of Christ. You've never given your life to Jesus. You've never received that forgiveness and salvation. If that's how you came in today, please understand you don't have to leave this place that way. Please understand that Jesus has been waiting your whole life to forgive you, to save you, to bring you into a relationship with Him. The question is, will you give your life to Him? And if you're ready to do that, please know you can do that right now, no matter where you are. Whether you're here on campus with us, whether you're joining us online, you can give your life to Jesus Christ. You can go to Him in prayer and admit that you know you're a sinner. But that you know He died on the cross for you. You believe He didn't stay in the grave, but rose from the dead. And give your life to Him. And friend, I promise you on the authority of God's Word, He'll save your soul. And He'll bring you into His family forever. Father, I thank you so much for that sweet truth. That your salvation is available to everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. I thank you that my mom shared that truth with me when I was just a little boy. I thank you for all the godly mothers and grandmothers here who have taught their kids and their grandkids about Jesus Christ. Father, I realize that some of us may not have had that, but we have the family of Christ. And we're here now, we're in a place where we can encourage one another. And so I pray that would be true when we leave this place, that we would encourage one another. 
that we would encourage mothers and grandmothers, that we would encourage one another to press on in the faith. I pray that you would show us what it really means to live as family in Christ Jesus. And Father, I pray that if there is anyone here who still hasn't made that decision to give their life to the Lord, I pray they'd come and find one of us today, that they'd find myself, find Pastor Richard, that they'd come and talk to Pastor Brandon here at the front during this time of invitation. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.